And welcome to another episode of Digesting the Force. Today we are continuing our 11 episode special event where we will be talking about the Star Wars saga as I watch each movie for the very first time. Each episode will discuss that movie as a first time watch with no knowledge of the movies released after it. We decided to watch in release order and today we are discussing the movie that brought the resurgence of Star Wars mania back into the world, The Phantom Menace. As always, I am joined by my host, Aaron. So Aaron, how are you today, bud? Oh, I'm all over the place, just like this movie. (laughs) Okay. Aaron and I could not go on this journey alone, so we have invited Star Wars experts and superfans to join us throughout this special event. And today, we are joined by the man we all love to complain to, the head writer of the movie trivia showdown, PJ Campbell. So PJ, how are you today? I'm actually great. I'm super excited to be here with you guys. I know this movie is super divisive, but there's going to be so much to kind of talk about and break down and you know it changed pop culture all over again so it's going to be a fun deep dive perfect so we just want to start by saying thank you so much for joining us today but before we start off our discussion and jump into the discussing the movie we just want to know why you love star wars from like very early on in my life i have this very vivid memory of my dad sitting down with me and putting on a new hope when i was real real young on vhs and for whatever reason like every kid who saw star wars for the first time I was just super enamored and I vividly remember being at one end of my living room couch. But by the time it was over, I had like moved all the way down the couch to sitting on the ground in front of the television, staring up at it by the time they were at the Death Star Trench run. And it just stayed with. So from there on, it was like Star Wars all the time. When I was a kid, I was reading the books and I was getting the comics and I was buying the action figures. And there's something really special about the galaxy far, far away, man. Like there's just nothing quite like it. It was cinema in a very special way that very few people capture and Lucas always did and it captured my imagination early on and I've never gone back oh my god literally like these answers make me want to cry every week every week you might say that this movie has influenced your life in a way just a little bit wow what isn't that crazy Christina a movie influencing someone's life I don't know what that's like but because you're dead inside So a couple fun facts about this movie. It was released in May of 1999. So I was just finishing up fifth grade. This movie was directed by George Lucas. And our IMDb synopsis says two Jedi escape a hostile blockade to find allies and come across a young boy who may bring balance to the force. But the long dormant Sith resurface to reclaim their original glory. I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like I've left a lot out. Yeah, it's putting it very simply. Uh, I mean, hardly simplest. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is one of the things that immediately stands out to me at the beginning of the prequels and this rewatch. First of all, I've only seen the prequels each one time. Back when they came out, I was also about ten years old. But as a ten-year-old, I do remember liking all the laser stored parts in the shooty shooties. But I didn't know anything about any blockades, tax reform, or whatever is happening. Didn't understand any of that part. Well, I guess my first question before we really jump into the plot would be, was this super significant that George Lucas took the reins again and directed this? I mean, at least for me, when I was, I was only nine when it came out. And so like, you know, Star Wars for me was pretty much a constant. And so I didn't really realize at the time when I was nine that he hadn't been the director of the other movies. I was little. I didn't really realize it was not him. And it wasn't until I got older and I started kind of revisiting the movies as I would go on. And it was significant in my mind looking back where it was like, oh, so you definitely came in and decided to try to basically take control of your series. But the truth was, is like, he didn't really want to direct the prequels that's something that people don't really talk about is that he had asked ron howard and steven spielberg to direct them at one point and both of them were like nah we'd rather you just like do your thing and for better or worse i think that kind of is what the prequels are is like george lucas finally full tilt george lucas with the money that he always wanted to do star wars and your mileage may vary but i think that for what it's worth i think that makes it feel like full-fledged star wars in lucas's vision because i feel like i was a little bit more partial to the movies that he hasn't directed mm-hmm. I find his dialogue also to be weird. Aaron's just, I know he's just nodding his head at me. Yes. Um, But yeah, 
I don't really know where I want to start with this because I feel like this movie wasn't a bad movie. I just don't think it was a good movie. And I just feel like it was not a good Star Wars movie. Like, had I not seen familiar faces, I probably wouldn't have known that this was even a Star Wars story, if that makes sense. No, I don't think it's wrong. And like, the truth is, is, you know, I was joking about it. This is the best Star Wars movie. No, but I do have a soft spot for it. Again, I was nine when it came out. And suddenly Star Wars has a kid your age as the hero of the story and the marketing was geared towards us as kids like the movie was literally sold to us and it was like there was no way trade disputes and everything else that i was not probably gonna love it because they were like but flashy swords pod racing hey look obi-wan kenobi's also in the movie and he's super young and he's kind of badass but i also think like as we've gone on it's become very clear that lucas felt like he was trying to say something about politics and for better or worse it was the thing he really leaned on through the entire trilogy and it does feel a little different because like the other movies definitely have their own saying about like there's a very obvious Nazi symbolism and like why the Empire is evil and like leaning in on the World War II aspect because it was based off of serials that all kind of started during World War II and then for him to be like well look at all the stuff going on in the Middle East and let's kind of lean in on it and it totally changes the vibe of Star Wars because now it's not just like familial story and trying to bring down the Empire it's a totally different thing like that's not what this movie is you don't realize like the Sith are lurking in the background and that politics even mattered to the galaxy because when we're introduced to the movies the first time the empire already exists and that's pretty much it so to go into this galaxy that feels totally different is kind of interesting and it is totally different though and i can see where someone like you was like it doesn't feel like star wars and i think that was almost intentional right yeah. and it definitely feels like return of the jedi was very geared at kids also and also yeah. had the kind of political discourse with it with the ewoks and the Vietcong symbolism there and i just felt that was done so more smoothly and naturally than here where it was very geared at kids except for these galactic congressional Senate parts, which (laughs) were like made by a kid, but geared toward the adults in the room. It's like the adults are talking, but now that I'm an adult and I'm from DC, like I've gotten to understand political, like the political shit is pretty stupid. Also, like, it's just like, so I get his desire to always include politics and grain politics, but it feels so ham-fisted. I hope it improves in Attack of the Clones because I know there's more in there and we won't boil that, of course, but that was the part that was hard for me. Also, we'll get to the age difference here in a second, but man, eight years is a big deal when you're a child. (laughs) Yeah, not wrong. (laughs) Like that, That is just like... A bonkers. Can we just go into that real quick? Yeah, yeah, whatever you need. Yeah, I want to talk about the Natalie Portman, Jake Lloyd elephant in the room here. There's only an eight-year age difference between those two. However, girls mature a little faster than boys. And when it's like the 10-year-old boy talking to the 18-year-old princess and you're supposed to like be like there's some sparks happening here that eventually it's like i don't know how many people with an eight-year age difference met when they were a prepubescent child i did ask anthony and i was like aren't they like romantically involved later on and he's like you told me not to tell you anything yeah. And I was like, I'm going to take that as a yes, but I don't know. But I've seen like, I've you know, yeah. seen, like I was alive when these movies yeah. were made. So like, I remember the trailers and I remember the hype and I've seen the memes and like making fun of hating Christians and talking about sand and stuff. Like I've, yeah. I've seen some of the stuff. So I was like, I found this to be odd because this kind of seemed like a little brother, older sister relationship. And then I was like, this is probably going to get creepy, but it was already creepy because Luke and Leia were making out already and they're <laughs> twins. So like, I think George Lucas, maybe he needs to seek some therapy because clearly he has some like rooted issues he needs to get out and like I'm concerned about him. I think George is just like Hal Ashby a member of the free love movement where it's just love is love for uh, George maybe or at some point in his life but I mean they definitely were planting seeds. I was looking for it throughout. That was like the number one thing I was watching on this rewatch was sexual tension between Anakin (laughs) and the prince. There was like a few times where he's like oh I'm really good with them. I mean the very first thing he says to her is are you an angel yeah yeah that's his first line to her is if she's an angel or not and so like you go from there and i don't know if you guys listen to weird al i like weird al has been a staple in my life for a long time and he did a song about this movie around the time it came out called the saga begins and it hones in on this at one point and like this fact that he's nine and she's 14 and like the fact that they're why like why is this a thing i know so if you've never seen this music video please check it out it's called the saga begins and it's wonderful yeah shout out to weird al 
<laughs> the first mention of Weird Al on digesting cinema, but not the last, hopefully. But yeah, I mean, it, it is just like, I get it. Making fun of the prequels is too easy to do. But I mean, it really, like, laugh out loud. Like, are you an angel? Like, there was, like, moments where they cut between the two of them, like, looking at each other. And, like, just overall, I just didn't buy Jake Lloyd as this chosen. I, I'm sorry. There's nothing. I don't. What did they see in him? Like, I he was him. cute. He was cute as a child actor. But I'm saying, like, what did Obi-Wan, what did all these people see? Like, he wasn't that good of a mechanic. He wasn't good at pod racing. Like, what? Like, he was fine. Like, I feel like there's other kids who are better. I feel like his little friend. He's the was only better. human. He's, he's the he's, only human that can do it. He freaking says that. Yeah. I mean, but, like, when he's, like, getting away, he's, like, slowly, like, pulling out of their, like, station, just, like, hitting the shot, like, four times. I'm like, anybody could do that. I could do that. If I was in the plane right now, I would have done the same thing he did with those four. I'm like, why could couldn't anybody else kill these four? Like, it was yeah. very easy. It was just like, not even quick shooting. It was just in. It was just like, bing. There was nothing magical about that kid. White privilege and I at think its that's, finest. That's kind of the point, though, in a way, right? Because, like, I'm even sure. Obi-Wan and Yoda, even, like, Mace, are like, why? Yeah. Like, no. The thing is, is Qui-Gon gets, like, in his head, and he's like, no, he is the one. And everyone else is like, why are you on this? And I think that that's one of the things that kind of shows how out of touch certain parts of the Jedi Order are. And I mean, obviously, we don't want to talk about the stuff that's going to happen in the future. But like right. their outdated mindset and shit is the entire <laughs> crux of the trilogy. And it They're all just crazy ass hippies. Like the Jedi's more and more are just crazy ass hippies. Oh, my God. I loved him. I was all about young Anakin. Like, I thought he was honestly delightful. And at one point, I was, like, so sad that I was like, I know what he's going to become. So I was like, something horrible is probably going to happen to him. He's because become Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid in Minnesota in the middle of the Jingle snow. All the way Jingle, all the way. Jingle all the way. Literally, he took his acting from that movie. He's like, I'm not going to change a thing. I'm going to be the same oh. actor in Star Wars. Down to the what? cadence. He sucks. How much, how much, how much growth is like the nine-year-old bringing to the table. Like, Yo, I've watched, I've, I've watched a lot of movies with good child actors. Some of them have been reviewed on Digesting Cinema. Why didn't they get John Humphrey from Kramer versus Kramer to do it or something, you know? It's just like, there are good child actors. Oh, because he wasn't a child in 1999? Neither was Ellie Portman, but that didn't stop them. Yeah, but also, like, is it really Jake Lloyd's fault? Because here's the thing. No, it's, I it's like George, George Lucas. Fault. He gave me Star Wars. But the dude doesn't know how to direct people. And that's right, like always dialogue. the thing. And like even Harrison Ford said that he was like, "Gee, George, you sure can write it, but you can't say this shit." Like Lucas is notorious for not knowing how to work with people. He's notorious for not really being good with actors. And I think that just is George, which explains again the nine and fourteen year old thing. <laughs> Lucas is just kind of disconnected from reality. Like yeah. I think he doesn't understand humans, and that's okay. Like he's just like this reserved dude who he just likes to make money, and I, you know I like all these fun space sword things and. Well, we uppy. I'm George like, Lucas. He needs to tell you know. people who he needs to tell people who actually know how to work with people how to like do the things. And so that's inherently the problem with the prequels. This one less so than some of the others to a point, but also maybe the best thing for Revenge of the Sith. But he was answering to no one. They gave him money and let him do whatever he wanted to do. And everyone around him was like, "This is a great idea. Yes, let's put the racist caricature of Jar Jar Binks in the movie. That seems like a great idea for comic oh relief. God. It's fine. Not, and, o- not the only racist caricature." in the movie oh also. no absolutely not but you know <laughs> the one that they marketed to kids and no yeah. one was like maybe we shouldn't do this and that's not on on Ahmed best i actually like Ahmed best a lot the stuff he went through because of the fans that's, is yeah. horrible and like that should also be noted in all of this is like the stuff that happened post phantom menace to a lot of the cast was nice. off god dude like Ahmed best has talked about like he almost took his own life like jake lloyd fell out of acting because of the fans ewan became an alcoholic because of the fans uh, so much hinged on what happened after phantom menace to so many people it was so much pressure when that movie came out it was basically 10 years of original trilogy being reintroduced to like my because i was also nine ten years old when this came out the old trilogy had been re-released on video all the toys we were playing with were star wars toys it was like this was the moment for like everybody and this is like i really do wonder if this is when fandoms kind of changed into 
what we talk about now 20 plus years later this is well, like we have the internet because it was like it's, it's interesting because yeah. this is the one that like started then the one that like kickstarted to like the next toxic level was last jedi right last jedi is the one that like takes it to like it's kind of interesting how star wars is like with the internet at each of these i mean uh, evolutions or de-evolutions of fandom almost. we were all super young when it came out but i don't think people realize that the phantom menace trailer leaked on ain't it cool news before it had come out mm-hmm. yep. and ain't it cool news was like the big forum board at the time for nerds and it was like the one place that fans were convening we can pinpoint the exact moment that fan culture became what it came and that's when that trailer came out and ain't it cool news blew up yeah because the moment that that happened suddenly fandom had exploded because now that they were all talking to each other and they were they were choosing camps and that's where it all started right it doesn't matter now where we are with you look at the snyder cut stuff or you look at the marvel and dc fans it all stems from 1999 the fandom menace came out and ain't it cool news blew up yeah, and that's wild. It is. It is crazy that that was that was only twenty years ago. Yeah. Because sometimes it feels like movies we talk about, and it's like, oh, this movie came out fifteen years ago. I'm like, that just came out. And with this, this movie feels like it came out. 50 years ago even though it came out in my lifetime it's just like right i don't know it seems like a totally different world this movie came out in but yeah it's, i had to talk about that, that started the world yeah that's the thing like you're 100 right we're living in a different world because of the phantom menace and that's kind of what i was saying up top is like phantom menace broke the door again on what is pop culture mm-hmm. what matters and i also think we can pinpoint like phantom menace is the beginning of the nostalgia boom like yeah. nostalgia has always been a thing but phantom menace made so much money everyone was like oh older ips even though it really wasn't that old at that point but we went back to it and it made money people like the thing that feels comfortable keep doing that Mm -hmm. and here we are oh yeah i just remember i mean this is probably why i never wanted to go see the movie is because like guys i was not a very cool young child like i was a huge nerd alert and then i was like (laughs) i need to do everything yeah but i was like i need to do everything i can to be cool so when i saw like all like the really nerdy kid school like dressing up to go see star wars i was like i can't watch these movies because i need to be cool and then it you know it took me until i was in my late 20s early 30s to be like you actually are a nerd Christina, just embrace it. And then I no, finally yeah. succumbed. We all are. We all are nerds now. It's not cool mm-hmm. to not be a nerd now. So we're we're, right. we're all in good company here. Do we want to where, where where do you want to go next now we got the, uh... i mean i would just like to also just reiterate on record that i found young anakin to be de- delightful just why i just <laughs> I wanted like to him. reiterate that i really liked him i loved that kid and i think it's because i loved him in jingle all the way i think he did a great job who i don't think did a great job and i'm actually shocked that people keep booking her for movies is natalie portman i do not think is a very good actress at all oh. and i'm like oh, all she does is like phone it in I, yeah, yeah. I don't understand i don't i felt like the natalie portman kira knightley body double thing was also real weird and i would like to discuss that because i was like are they trying to pull one over on us or are we just no, not kira knightley and natalie portman were the same person until about 2005 i think it's not wrong. like been proven by science so like There's that wasn't like they're literally identical and like yeah then I don't know what's up with Kira Knightley. What's the last thing Kira Knightley did? Is she still like a working actress? She was just in something. I okay, feel because like. like I have not thought about Kira Knightley in like 15 years. But yeah, no, they are very similar. And I'm not defending this movie for Natalie Portman, but Natalie Portman's a tremendous actress. I'll just make that clear. And no, I never liked Jake Lloyd when I was a kid. I didn't like him. <laughs> Watching it now, I still just think he's terrible. Like he's so bad. He's like, not bad. Natalie Portman was garbage in this movie absolute garbage and the fact that this chick has been in like two major franchises and has been garbage in both of them like seriously who keeps booking her honest to god okay yeah. cool congratulations you had black swan where yeah, like also no. like heat is awesome i love yeah. natalie portman you're yeah, coming natalie out. portman's incredible. Yeah. i'm coming at natalie portman a lot because i was very underwhelmed by her performance. what about her dresses like, though her dresses were fantastic the costumes did natalie portman design those was that her idea <laughs> no, but she, no. she she rocked them she had a, cool, yeah she had a rocket at least with the yeah. Yeah, cool, everybody like, can rock them when you're hot. No, no. Well, I wouldn't know about that. So this goes back to what you're talking like, about. Hey, for ugly people like me, hot is a magic skill. So I don't know how they do it. Listen, when I had a slamming body back in the day, I could wear anything and it was fine. So like, don't, no, no, no. We also have to remember, again, this is the George Lucas of it all. He can't get performances out of people. 
That's just no. not who he is. Like you get Samuel L. Jackson in these movies and he's Samuel L. Jackson in a Star Wars movie. Like there's no more range to Mace Windu other than we gave Samuel L. Jackson a purple lightsaber. Oh, oh, know what one of my favorite lines was that George Lucas wrote down on paper and had actors say? <laughs> so where is your ship? Is it far away? We're on the outskirts. Oh, that's far away. Come to my house. The real words and dialogue between Anakin and his future betrothed. Well, how would you the like- The are far away. Did you know that? When was the last time you interacted with anyone under the age of 10? They oh don't have God. like a very <laughs> wide range vocabulary. Are we I, expecting Sorkin? Because oh we're God. not going to get Sorkin out of nine. <laughs> I just wanted him to like mix up the cadence once in a while. But <laughs> that's all. He talked like a nine-year-old John Wayne, which was probably what he was told to do. So I'm not blaming him I'm blaming George but like seriously the outskirts line like where are you we're on the outskirts like that's like far like way far outskirts <laughs> it's like oh well gotta come to my house now and also there was another point in the movie when this has to be intentional the casting of Anakin's mom or whatever his his guardian mom because she yeah that when they're talking, I was like, oh, is he talking to Natalie? Oh, my God, that's his mother. Like, so his mom looks like Natalie Portman, like, on purpose. So, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever, Anakin. Annie. I just didn't buy he was a chosen one at all. Like, and I think that was a lot of people's problems when they saw the movie, if I had to imagine. Was it like, this? This is future Darth Vader? Biggest problem is, is that he never should have been nine when they first met him. Like, no. that's really the biggest issue with the movie, which, yeah. and really <laughs> truthfully like you could probably do Phantom Menace in 15 minutes at the beginning of Attack of the Clones and still get the same results. Yeah this did not need to be its own movie. This needed to be an epilogue before the beginning of the trilogy at best with the pod race ending it. Like condensed this like I couldn't believe this is what they came back with after 16 years away. This is what they're like this is a story that we need to tell this way with a nine year old getting <laughs> Statch raped by a princess. Oh, sweet Lord Aaron. <laughs> I'm on fire right now. Aaron's I feel on, like man. I'm on Mustafar. You'll learn what that is later. <laughs> I know you, you keep circling back. I did, had no issue with him. I had more of an issue with <laughs> Natalie Portman. I feel like they kind of wasted Obi-Wan Kenobi even being in this movie. You want to talk about wasted? How about your favorite character? How much was he wasted in this movie? <laughs> you mean my boy, my boy 3PO? Completely wasted. Wait, can we talk about continuity? in this like George Lucas what continuity right as in like so Anakin Skywalker who grows up to be Darth Vader made C-3PO and we have no reference to that I, the, I don't want to say Star that Wars. they explain why but they definitely do explain why okay they do explain at some point okay so that does get handled because I was this like is... I looked at Anthony and I was like so wait a second this dude who I've been chilling with for the past three movies that I love was made by Darth Vader as a child and no one knew this like he had yeah. no memory of it but this is what happens with this prequel as more and more things are like unearthed about it is like then they have to be explained and justified and then eventually it's just like this there's no free will destiny like misunderstanding what the hero story actually is about and it's not about like one chosen one but now it's had to become that because of George and this just harkens back to a couple of weeks ago when we talked about B-movie unlimited power unlimited money for one creator is not a good thing whether you're George Lucas or Jerry Jerry Seinfeld. No, no, no. Well, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like he only had yes men around him. And exactly. You can tell this was made by yes men. <laughs> and look, I mean, it was the same people who gave him the money to go back and alter the original trilogy too. And, no. I, and I'm yep. one of the people who doesn't like hate all the alterations, but I also understand the people who have problems with it because they're used to it a certain way. But because I'm at the point in my life where I've basically only remembered the altered versions that none of it really bothers me other than some select things. But like, Lucas is like a dude who he's a good idea, man. He's not good at executing stuff. And I think that's why he wanted other people to direct these movies, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yet even then they were like, <laughs> now we're good. And then they tried to fix that. I don't want to spoil the later trilogy, but they try to correct that. And then they overdo it by having too many different people work on it. And then there's no continuity in that way because it's one creator, then another creator, then another. So you like overcorrected what happens in the prequels with it. They're like, well, I can't do shit on my own. So let me just give it to everybody, like anybody. And it's, I just ugh. feel like all the CGI and effects in Star Wars makes it worse. Like, I think part of the allure was like all the practical effects, like 
that Chewbacca is, there's literally a man in there. There's right. Ewoks weren't computer generated. Like Jar Jar Binks sucks. Like he <laughs> sucks. And the Jar Jar Binks planet because they yeah. wanted to do the Chewbacca thing, but they couldn't do it. And now they're like, oh, we can make just CGI repeated rendered, not really their people. But right. Like, so like, remember that too. You're not wrong. But at the time it was groundbreaking. Someone gave him the right. money to let him do it. And also that is like the last movie in the series until the newer movies that used a lot of practical work. For the most part, they were actually in location shooting. They weren't using nearly as many green screens and things like that. You'll see the shift. You haven't seen the next two movies. Yeah. There's a shift. Oh, and God. the shift is much different because everything feels much more artificial. And, and I, I feel like that takes away from it. I think that's what made part of some of the first three movies so great is it felt real. You felt like you were really It's got yeah. add a tactile feel to it. When they're in the trash pit, they're with trash and their suits were actually wet yeah. from that dirty ass water. And there was things popping up. And it's just like, you literally can feel it. Like watching on screen, there's like almost a texture to it that there's still a little bit of it here. I was surprised how much of this was on set i mm -hmm. remember this being like the other two and like it's just like cgi sets galore and that takes me out of movies no matter what it is like it's very very hard when like they're on a green room screen like it's just like really difficult so i do give it credit here with that for sure yeah. and like even um, the pod race stuff was mostly miniature which mm -hmm. i think people forget about like and that's goes a long way because the pod race sequence is arguably one of the coolest things about the movie obviously mm -hmm. yeah. and that it feels feels tangible it feels real and you can feel why because so much of it there's some miniature work going on like there's some really groundbreaking cgi at the time the pod race is the thing that holds up the most i think about the movie as far as yep. any sequence is concerned and that to me is maybe one of the greatest blockbuster sequences of all time i actually thought it was a little too long it was shorter before i, I oh. can imagine george lucas made a two hour long pod race. i mean don't get me wrong it was cool i really liked it and i finally am glad i know what pods are because i've been talking about pods for the last three movies everyone's like these are not pods i was like okay this is like really taking a long time i feel like this movie is could have been condensed or like if you're gonna spend time there's other things they could have spent it on but i did enjoy it i thought it was pretty cool yeah. i felt really sad though that the guy that was enslaving them was really rude and wouldn't let the mother go free them yeah, well talk about yeah. another very bad stereotype character wado is another very bad stereotype. man as a jew my goodness that is a <laughs> jewish stereotype of all jewish stereotypes right there not a flattering one the hootsie are Hebrews and that is just great but you know as a kid I definitely didn't notice that as an adult I'm like wow that's a little bit uncomfortable and like right away with the Asian stereotypes too yes. like first yeah. two like yeah. heavily Asian and probably not Asians who are doing the voices either but it's George Lucas being like it's fine people just need to loosen up about how they talk about people like or whatever because yeah, you know it's George again down to what we were talking about earlier <laughs> this dude's a little disconnected I don't yeah. think he realized what he was doing, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, he no. was like, I just want people to feel like they're seen. Yeah, like, it's I, like I a just, poo. It's like yeah. a poo from The Simpsons. Like, yeah, we he love was just, it. I, I just, I, I love the human race and I just wanted people to be seen and so I created these characters so that all races felt like they were equal in the Star Wars universe. No, George. <laughs> There's yeah. no ways to do that. Yeah, this is not one of them but yeah, to this day I feel Watto is one of the lasting legacies of Phantom Menace. Like, everybody seems to have a Watto impression and half the people who do them still don't realize it's anti-Semitic. That's the great part. It is just like, hey, like this is super racist character but people are still allowed to do it because it's Jewish stereotype. But that's for another podcast and I'll, I'll shift back to Christina now. So well, I was excited my boy Jabba was there because I love the Don. He just has like this swagger about him that I'm just really into except this time he kind of seemed like he was like very aloof and was like falling asleep during the pod races and I was like that is not the Don that I knew that well, captured he, Princess Leia. Are you Chris Clark in like <laughs> disguise because chris clark's favorite character of all time is job the hut i just really appreciate oh he's not my favorite character i just really appreciate the vibe that he gives off because like <laughs> I, I really like the mafiosa thing like i'm okay. into that it, it just yeah. reminds her it reminds her of her family it does uh, a bit. Yeah. i mean look we all wanted space mafia like imagine an entire movies just set around the huts and like space yeah. mafia. i would still watch that or a series of that i would watch that for sure i like that the padres started by jabba eating a fish and throwing it at the gong it's like yeah. every single <laughs> race can't start until he just half-ass throws a fish at a gong 
like that's how this works also like when it starts off the race anakin like doesn't even know his ship isn't on this guy sucks like he's not the cho- he is he's literally just a kid who's like i can do that i can do that and then he can't and then he just like figured it out a little bit and everybody else like crashing and because he was around. using the force because oh, he is God. the chosen one he's following mm-hmm. his instincts dude you're gonna crap on qui-gon like that like he didn't know what he was talking about am i saying that name right qui-gon is yeah, yeah. Qui-Gon, qui-gon is correct but okay. qui-gon Jin. you're gonna Come on, Liam Neeson was the saving grace of this movie. Oh, Let's just geez, throw that acting out. Wise, acting wise, he's de- yes. him and Ewan were definitely yes. We'll talk about Ewan because I'm not a Ewan McGregor fan at all. Oh, so. uh, you, you just come out here like, <laughs> like what are you just going to ruin? I just going to ruin my whole wall of crushes. Here's Ewan, my thing with Ewan McGregor. Okay, let me. I'll just. I've seen him in like a few romantic comedies, and like I'm just like not into him. I think it's his mouth, and I'm just like I just don't like you. And that's where he's it is. Symmetrical, like his face is too perfect to no, bother you. Like, I don't know. Look, I didn't I, find him with Obi-Wan, but I just I, like I'm it. not attracted to men in the slightest, but down with love Ewan has made <gasps> me reconsider on more than one occasion. Yeah. I'm not either, but I know when I'm not either, but I know when a dude's hot. Like yeah, I'm better like, at judging hot dudes oh, than any woman I've met. He's not hot. Shut by up. Any means. This is, oh, no. shut this up. is crazy. This <laughs> is the craziest thing that has been said. I'm on this never part. gonna find love. Yeah. I'm never gonna find love if you. and McGregor is not attractive, like at all. <laughs> oh, I have extremely God. high standards. You and McGregor does not meet them. Dude, that, but no. anyway, <laughs> we, will, we will revert back. We'll come back fine, to him a little bit. We'll, 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 we'll talk about oh. digesting hot men on another. Oh episode. my God! Yes, sign me up. All right. So I really like. Liam Neeson. I thought Qui-Gon was great and I feel like everybody needed to like listen to him. He knew what was going on and I believe him. I believe that Anakin is the chosen one because he can feel it with the force. Everyone told me the force is a big deal and I don't actually think I still understand the force but you can feel shit in it and he was feeling it. So I'm on team whatever Qui-Gon says goes. I was devastated by his demise. I literally was like (gasps) and then I was like that was so sad and we'll get to the lightsaber scene because that was epic. I loved him and I thought he was a great character and I feel like I wish I knew more about him because maybe there was a reason he was so drawn to like the child maybe he felt like he always needed to be a parent like maybe there was more to the story guys yeah but what happens when your biggest instinct end up being like maybe the worst thing that's ever happened to the universe yeah he was clearly wrong he was chosen to balance the force and maybe the balance of that time needed someone to go bad (laughs) I don't actually think Darth Vader is all that bad minus the fact that he like killed millions of people but like (laughs) I just looking back like they just didn't really make Darth Vader seem as bad as he could have been. He, you don't yeah. really see him blow up a lot of stuff. You only see him blow up he, like one or two planets. Yeah, only <laughs> one or two planets. Like, only like entire... murders millions of people. Only well, we the Emperor's bidding all the time. Yeah. It was kind of Peter Cushing's call anyways in New Hope. We did see that Peter Cushing kind of just pushes it off as Darth Vader's decision, but Darth Vader was kind of just which I believe that grown up Jake Lloyd would be just an idiot who just goes along with like, oh, like okay you know whatever like i don't really know what i'm doing like he didn't know how to fly a plane i mean look let's be real it's taken a lot of outside influence of canon to really make vader scary yeah yeah it's just like i yeah and like i just don't think he's that scary we'll get to his uh, well we'll talk i'll point out when we get to vader's best scene in one of these movies but his best scene does not really add up with the rest of his character pj you probably know which scene i'm talking about i know exactly that doesn't go with the rest of his character and it's the best scene he'll ever have and i'm pretty sure that was like some dream sequence that didn't really happen because well i'll say i think that that's also like we're jumping super ahead but yeah obi-wan getting his own series and now knowing what we know with hayden coming back we're gonna find out we're getting more yeah they're 100 percent leaning in on it so and we're gonna get more of red what did you think of darth maul yo he was terrifying wasn't he cool He's so yeah, cool. He's so Darth Maul. He was cool. If we talk about any movie with Samuel L. Jackson and someone doesn't drop motherfucker at least once, we have done something. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like I, I do love Samuel, J- but yeah, how great was fucking uh, Darth Maul? Christina, yeah, when and why was he in double, the movie? Mall? When he had the double lightsaber, and it game was like changer. game changer. I was like, oh shit! I was like, yeah. shit's about to get real. The fight choreography leveled the fuck up. 
-hmm. It was awesome. I also didn't realize that like Jedis could like leap tall bounds, but I was here for it, man, because they're jumping <laughs> and they're flipping and they're throwing their bodies up and they're just like, boom, boom, boom. They're just beating the shit out of each other. It mm -hmm. was great. He should have been in the movie way more. Like that should have been yes. the movie is them just fighting him. Well, and this goes to show once again, Lucas's whole, like he doesn't really think ahead mm -hmm. because they murder him. Right. They, like, they just like, straight up freaking murder him. They cut over. him in half. Like there's no going back from the murder they did to him. He cut him in half and fell down a like million feet. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that the outside canon is decided to fix that regardless. But I mean, you, you know, it, he's so badass and he's so good. And he really should have been the primary villain of mm -hmm. the entire right. trilogy. Like it should have been Maul and Palpatine. And mm -hmm. it's so frustrating that they did that because you're right. He is absolutely the coolest. Oh, he's yeah. so badass. His lightsaber is double bladed. We had never seen anything like that. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He's red and, and black. Like, uh, he just looks like he a looks dream. Terrifying. He looks like a dream kids villain. Like, if you're like, got all your toys out and you found this random red and black mask guy that was like some random on a Star Trek, but he got in your toy collection. It's like, this guy's the new main villain, which is really how I look at how I look at Star Wars ultimately because I can't into it like a kid like everybody else i look at it as this toy bin that's just been flipped over and yep. takes place in this galaxy and like for better or worse that's what happened and right here it's like you found like that random bad guy toy that like you don't know where it came from but he's the bad guy no matter what universe you're playing in. and it's like they just waste him similarly to how new hope wasted darth vader till the sequel where they're like yo darth vader actually really because like in new hope remember like darth vader really wasn't that focused on as the villain i felt like the admiral was more the he wasn't yeah, Tarkin's really more the villain. yeah tarkin is like the villain and then in the second one george lucas is like oh we were really have something here with Darth Vader. We're gonna make him the father, and like hey guys, all this, and we made like we made Vader to be scary again. <laughs> yeah, like those those like moments, like he pulls off magic once, but that's what magic is. Like you can't do magic more than once, and he's trying to recreate magic here in the prequels that work in the original trilogy. But like it's like he's making the same error where he's wasting his main villain. So many people you'll talk to about this will be like, yeah, I wish Darth Maul was in this more, and like I just don't know who saw this and was like, yeah, less or this was the right amount of Darth Maul. Like, he is the coolest villain other than Vader in the history of Star Wars to me. I also just want to shout out the fact that Peter sent us... How do you say his last name? Peter Schwenevit? The, the dude who was Sean's roommate in Shaun of the Dead is the voice of Darth Maul. Oh, really? Wow. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is... That's crazy. Because it's Ray... Yeah. Ray, um, Ray Park Parker. is the... Or Park. Yeah, Ray Park is, like, the actual guy. But Peter Schwenefitz, I'm, I'm totally butchering his name because I can never say yeah. it correctly. And he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was the head of the Nova Corps with mm -hmm. Glenn Close. Like, he's the voice of him because they thought he sounded more intimidating. That's, yeah. Hmm. That's very... Yeah, I, I really did not like how they killed him off either. It was just, like, a traditional, like, you got rid of one weapon, didn't get rid of the other one. And, like are just sitting there and then he just like grabs it flips and cuts them and it's like done it's like oh okay I don't know. also I was... the john williams score in this obviously yes. i mean we haven't brought it up yet but john williams score man and that mm -hmm. duel of the fates are you mm -hmm. freaking kidding me it's excellent ah, think? i was are you are you kidding me compared to the other <laughs> are you, movies are you joking that oh my god christina uh... <laughs> Compared to the other movies, I i mean, I wouldn't say that it was bad, but I wouldn't say it was better what than the happening? other one. I feel like we're in the fucking Twilight Zone. What is happening? Yeah. Christina what has, has we, need a, we need a compilation of like the top five Star Wars moments and Christina's reactions to them. Because for Luca, I am your father. She called it corny. For what? the Duel of the Fate, she said it's okay. Uh, like I just Are like, you honestly. Dead serious. She we said, just need a compilation of me breaking all of our guests. Yeah, Jake I, I am beside myself right now. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, see? Even Siri's like, I hear you. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> Siri's coming in to calm down. <laughs> I hear you. Duel of the Fates is fire, PJ. Don't listen to this bitch. <laughs> I never said it was bad. I just said the scores in the original were so good. You're making and artificial intelligence come alive to be like, yo, calm down. We we detect your heart rate, sir, and it's entering danger levels. It's <laughs> just a movie. Hey, if, if that's the worst that the, this thing has put me through uh, at this point, we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the hard part is over. She just said the Duel of the Fates was okay. <laughs> oh Unreal, fucking Lord. I mean, I would like make a note to be like, I liked that to like bring it up. So I'm just going to go with it was just okay. 
Can we talk Who about hurt you? <laughs> oh boy, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> that'll be for afterwards. PJ. Digesting trauma coming next year. <laughs> Can we talk about Yoda? Because here's my oh, thing with him. No, no I'm not going to complain about him. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like, again, I don't know anything besides the four Star Wars movies that I've watched, but right. it seems as though in culture, Yoda is a big fucking deal. And this bitch has had like 35 cumulative minutes of screen time. So what the F, when am I getting some good Yoda shit? Why does everybody like him so much? Because I've literally watched this bitch do nothing. I mean, you- I think- already saw empire so number one you should already know he's just awesome <laughs> she no hated him. i really she hated him in empire that's one of the, <laughs> that's one of the many I moments we have to like yeah for the cringe compilation i blame mostly okay, i know you're busy but you really need to listen to the other three podcasts i, I need to catch up i clearly <laughs> need to catch up i oh my god I, she uh, talks yeah wow. she talks about how wookies have terrible mechanical skills uh that's another she's like <laughs> honestly chewbacca should find another hobby besides fixing planes it you do sucks. know that these are like high fantasy right like <laughs> it's not supposed to be real all i'm saying is like it seems like everybody is really into yoda and i'm just not seeing it because i feel like i don't see him enough i'm calling this right now and aaron apologize yeah. in advance her favorite movie in the series is going to be the rise of skywalker oh my god i'm feeling it too like honestly i'm i'm <laughs> at this point to really i understand because she's yeah i feel like, I, I've been preparing this- I feel like that's an insult and i feel no no, no. you're fine you're fine <laughs> You're fine. What I blame for Yoda is honestly outside marketing is what created yeah. Yoda to the level he is. It was like his appearances at like the MTV Movie Awards in like 1999, 2000, whichever year was the one where they did the Matrix Reloaded parody with Will Ferrell and Sean yeah. William Scott. Yep. He was like the main presenter and like talking like Yoda language like the whole night. He was like, next up is award for best kiss is like the whole night. So it's like he was in like Got Milk commercials. He was in all these commercials where like just Yoda was like, it's kind of like with Baby Yoda. Like Baby Yoda doesn't do shit for Mandalorian. It's a marketing tool. It's a marketing dream. So it's like, that's more like what Yoda actually does in the movies so far has not been a lot. It changes a lot. So much changes in the next movie. Like I well, can't believe how I much. Figured if, if Yoda's a Jedi master and is essentially has trained people, I'm going to assume that we see more of that training in the next two. I hope I'm correct because I thought I was going to see it in the freaking return of the Jedi and then they kill him off. I was just about to, I was ready. I was on board with Yoda and they just took him away from me. So now I'm like, cool, we're in the prequels. I'll probably get more Yoda. This bitch is in eight minutes of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Hannibal Lecter in- was in 15 minutes of Silence of the Lambs and he was still one of the most influential horror f- figures of all time. Well, just as there. we all know, I don't really like horror movies, PJ. So, <laughs> <laughs> not back up. so therefore character <laughs> development doesn't do shit for me. Motherfucker. <laughs> he wasn't he I he wasn't really used in this movie. Mace Windu, I feel, wasn't really He's used barely in this in movie. It. Like there's too much here, and then they decided to focus on the kid from Jingle All the Way. I just feel like this. I think George Lucas, I don't understand why he didn't come into this with more of a plan of like, here's my trilogy that I would like to do. It was kind of like, I'm just going to make this cluster and then we'll see what parts people like. And then that's what I'll make the next movie about. Because that's how Lucas always was though. For better or worse, Lucas's whole thing has always been, I'm going to make it up as I go. People will like it or they won't, but I'm going to do the thing that I want to do. And if I'm going to change it on a fucking dime, I'm going to change it. And that's what he's always done. And like, that's, maybe the biggest problem period with every trilogy to this point is that no one has ever been on the same page about this is the X thing we're going to do and we need to get it to Y. And I'm used to like, and the MCU coming up and being like, here's our grand plan for 40 movies that we already have pre-established. Right. And that's the thing is like Feige got ahead of all of it. And he was like, here's our map. People can fill shit in, but we need you to hit certain things. Right. But when to Aaron's point earlier, when you continue to put yes men around people and give someone unlimited power, unlimited power. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's literally the empire. Yeah. Like he's become the emperor and he can do whatever he wants. No one needs that many yes men. Serious accusation slash, you know, metaphor right there. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very it, meta. It's the truth. I mean, yeah. and I like Lucas. Again, Lucas defined my childhood. He defined a lot of our childhoods. Like, I don't remember life without Star Wars. And I was pretty young when I saw it, but that's pretty telling, right? And I mean, enough that Disney spent $4 billion to buy the 
fucking property right because they were like people like star wars we want more star wars we might as well like he changed the world yeah and I'll, i just wanted to play with some toys you know i, I just wanted i'm not to racist i just make a lot of racist characters i mean I'm, and hey love is love and things are great <laughs> yeah. it's if, an all if an eight-year-old wants to be with a 16 year old i think that's I, just fine one day i'll learn to write dialogue and maybe i'll actually learn to work with actors i can't yeah. wait to hear the edited version of this to see what makes <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be 12 minutes long it's gonna be like aaron can't talk at all <laughs> like we're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is all within public, like, what is that? Like, public fairness or whatever? Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're just commentating. We're not, all yeah. of this is alleged, people. All of this yeah. is alleged. Yeah, none of this is actually real. Everything we're talking about, none of these events, people, or things actually happen. Nope, not one bit of it. It's just based on a true story. We're fargoing <laughs> it. If you will. Oh, um, gee, I'm like, don't know if I'm pumped for the next two movies now because I feel like I didn't yeah, think this was like I'm that much of a train you. wreck, and now I feel like they're gonna be train wrecks. I don't know how I feel about this. The next one's gonna be complicated to talk about. All right, I'll say I think that. I mean, I don't know how, if I'm allowed to say it. I think that the third one is the best one of the series. Mm -hmm. I think most that. people. Most people would agree with that, I'd say. Yeah, I have my own thoughts about it that I'll share with you once I know you've well, watched it. here's my prediction, that the other Sith guy was the senator, right, who becomes the emperor, and the movie's called, like, Revenge of the Sith. So I'm thinking he's coming back in and getting some revenge, guys. You mean, the, you mean the part at the end when Yoda says there's always two? Which yeah. one is the apprentice? Which one is the master? And then the camera focuses on the, on the <laughs> senator for extreme... <laughs> amount of time as he's looking menacingly do you get it like do you hey, understand the subtext there is well, no or the fact so, that so do you understand what i'm doing? throwing down here you is, understand does, what does i'm saying it's called it... foreshadowing christina i'm sure well, they you also said repeatedly that darth maul was the apprentice like they literally spelled yeah, that part out was like, for audience. and he's very young like in order for him to be the master, his apprentice would have to be a baby, which I'm sure they think is a good idea because they have fucking the kid from Jingle All the Way. Well, they also said he was too old. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, I think you should never be, be too old to want to better yourself. That's yeah. where they fucked up first. If they had just been like, you know what, maybe we can do something about this. Maybe it would have been less of a problem. But like, imagine being nine and all these people are like, we don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, I'd be pissed too, and I'd probably want to kill them. Later. Yeah. yeah. Also, and just one more thing. The wow, that the sounds whole, real like, bad out of context. No, I mean, no, no. Trust me, it sounds better than anything in this movie in context. <laughs> uh, like the other weird thing, just everything about Anakin's character, if he was just sixteen, could have been the same. Everything except he could have actually known how to fly a plane. He could have actually known how to drive a pod. And he could like actually know, but it's just like, it's about this little kid. It's like, have you been around little kids? They think they can do everything. Like a nine-year-old's like, oh, give me that one. It's like, and then they go and try to do it and they can't do it. And it's like, you're not the chosen one. You are annoying. No, you cannot help. Like you don't know what you're doing. I think well, I won't say there was one continuity that was still true is that clearly the Skywalker men don't give any shit about the people that have raised them and leaving them. No. Because I feel like the mom was like, okay, bye, son. And like Luke didn't give no shits when his aunt and uncle were blown up. So like, they're I messed don't know. up. I mean, he looked sadly at their burned corpses in front of the moisture farm. Luke, it was not sad. Not man. sad enough. Luke not was like, enough. yo, like I got my excuse. Look, I could okay, go yeah, out. Mark Hamill had really only done what was like all my children to that point. Like he'd only done soap operas. And Jake Got Lloyd had only done soap opera acting is so dramatic. And he didn't hit any of the drama. Yeah, he went the opposite. And again, I, I just don't know how to work with people. I I, I just don't understand. Am um, I ever going to see I, you again? I don't again? understand human emotion. Am I ever going to oh, see you on. again? That was sad. And then Yoda was kind of rude. Like, I have you have fear because like, you miss your mommy. Yeah. And I was like, hell, Yoda, you're like coming at him. Like, I miss my mommy and she lives 10 minutes away. <laughs> It's just, am I ever going to see you again? She's like, do you think you're going to see me again? It's like, no, no, that's not. Don't teach your kid this is how the world works. It's like, oh, whatever you think is going to, like, <laughs> just some Narnia bullshit. <laughs> well, this conversation was very interesting, but I think it might be time to wrap it up. Give Are our you done with us? Is that your whole thing? You're just like, I don't want to talk to these people anymore. <laughs> know what's what? happening i'm just what? like nervous. i think we've covered i think we've covered everything I think we've uh, covered everything and i'm just nervous like what else aaron's gonna shit on this poor child about <laughs> fucking jake lloyd <laughs> <laughs> 
We're the same age, me and Jake Lloyd. <laughs> it's just I can make fun of my peer. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So, basically, PJ, you will go last as our Star Wars expert here. We just do a rating out of five, just like Letterboxd. You can give your closing thoughts and your rating. I'm going to go first because I feel like mine's going to be the calmest one. So, I'll just get mine out of the way. <laughs> I'm going to give this three stars. Because... <laughs> I didn't think that it was that bad. I don't think it's great. I think if you had seen this movie without watching any other Star Wars movies, you would still understand everything that's going on. I don't think there was like any revelation where I was like, oh my God, I totally needed to watch the first three to know this. So I think it kind of like stands on its own. And I think that it's not really like, it didn't feel really feel super Star Wars, but whatever, it is what it is. Natalie Portman was trash. Uh, the little kid was cute. I still wish we had more of Yoda because I just don't get it. And I don't know why you and McGregor also is involved because I don't want to look at him, but whatever. Anyway, so I'm going to give it three stars and that's my reason why. Aaron, take it away. Okay, yeah, let's get this down to reality a little bit. First of all, love the line when they said, what number is that droid? Walks over to droid, looks at droid. R2, D2 is the droid number. <laughs> oh my God, that's the name of the version. <sighs> but uh, there wasn't a lot of that, so I'll give it credit. It could have been way more fan service-y than it was. I wonder... If that's going to change with the another one we watch later on, but we'll see. I didn't like this movie as a kid at all. I mean, I remember watching theaters getting really tired during it, except for the scenes where there'd be lightsabers. And so maybe I haven't been able to let go of that betrayal. And after getting to rewatch the original trilogy, which I had so much fun with, this movie, it's just like, it's a mess. And I just I have to leave room here because I know this isn't my least favorite movie in the trilogy. I'm going to give it a one and a half out of five. Yeah. Honestly, I love Darth Maul a lot in this movie. So he really saves it. The duel to fate scene to me was, I think, maybe the best that Star Wars gets. There might be a couple other scenes, but like just the lightsaber scenes. I think this and Luke with Darth Vader and Return of the Jedi are my favorite ones. So that was really good. But God, Jake Lloyd drives me crazy. He is I couldn't complete, tell. I didn't he is know complete that. trash. Natalie Portman is cute. So we'll <laughs> turn around on Christina's critiques here. But, you know, I'm just saying. And I, I really liked uh, uh, the costumes also, in all seriousness. I thought there was some really cool costumes in this movie. I like that they were actually on the characters. So 1.5 out of 5. All right, PJ, you're up. I feel like we spent so much time like being hard on the movie that I I didn't really talk about the fact that I actually really love this movie overall. And so that's when it like comes through at the end is like, I actually give this movie a four because I think that for being so different and trying to do something meaningful in the worst ways sometimes George was trying something different and I think I mean a lot of it's going to always be tied to my nostalgia of being a nine-year-old kid who walked into a theater and saw a new Star Wars for the first time on the big screen you know and hey it was a nine-year-old kid as the hero and all this but like I actually do like the stuff it sets up even if I think that there is messy parts I think that it has some of the best blockbuster filmmaking when it comes to the pod race the duel of the fates sequence is fantastic like the kind of rip-offy trade federation battle that's like semi death Sorry is kind of dumb, but I enjoy it. But I like what it sets up and it feels like a universe that there's still more to explore. And it's a different version of Star Wars than we've seen. And that's your mileage may vary on that. And I totally understand why there's fans who don't love it. But it's something that I like revisiting just because it makes me happy. And if anything like that pod race sequence alone is enough to get me there. And that sounds weird, but like you, when you've got Qui-Gon played by Liam Neeson and he's so good in this and Ewan for me, sorry, Christina dude's handsome and he's a good goddamn Obi-Wan and I can't wait to see him come back to the role. But like you see these great actors kind of becoming a part of this universe in a way that we're lucky that we got considering I, I just don't know how to work with people. There's just something that stands out about it and I'm never going to, forget that first time I got to sit in the theater and like get blown away by the fact that I was watching a new Star Wars on the big screen like that'll always be with me and it's always going to be special it does it get better from here perhaps but this one still sits with me and it's a four out of five nice that puts us at a two eight three overall which I you know what guys these that's what these are about these ratings don't have to be objective they are totally allowed to be subjective and if you if it makes you happy and you want to give it extra stars because of that I'm totally down with that. Absolutely. Right. If I drove the conversation a little bit today towards the negative side, I apologize. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'll take responsibility for that. Do you forget that we're asking people to come on to talk about movies they loved? So I should have really thought about that more. But, you know, <laughs> I blame Jake Lloyd. Look, you said it earlier. 
it's easy to target the prequels for a lot of things. Yeah. I get it. It doesn't change the fact it still matters to all all of us in a different way. Exactly. I think that the prequels are going to be better than I have been led to believe. And I'm excited to watch the rest of them. So to all of our listeners, thank you guys so much for your support. We will see you guys next Friday when we talk about Attack of the Clones. So thank you so much, PJ, for joining us. Thank you, Aaron, for always being here with me. And everybody else, may the force be with you. 